Hi, welcome back to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I'm Francine Belay, your host, and I'm super thrilled to bring you inspirational stories, strategies, and practical tips to get more meaning in your work and in your life, make more money, and lead a movement to change the world. I am on a mission to help entrepreneurs and leaders to become leading voices in their field by leveraging what makes them unique and attract their ideal client and make a bigger impact in the world. So my goal for you is both to experience success in your business and also live your best life now. So today I'm continuing with the wealth dynamic profile and I'm going to feature a star profile, the second profile of the eight wealth dynamics profiles. So stars are the best promoters, but need to lead from the front. They need to shine, not in a ghostistical way or selfish way, but shine the light on others. Give them the space to deliver results without tying them down. Give them the systems and support to enable them to focus on their zone of genius. Well, today we have Catherine Ord, who is the founder of the Wealth Vectum System, who, which is a transformative card system based on the timeless wisdom of the itching and wealth dynamics to help entrepreneurs and leaders navigate change, gain clarity and focus in order to make better decisions. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Hi, Francine. It's wonderful to be here with you. Great. Tell me in your own words what you currently do. Sure. What I currently do is, as the founder of the Wealth Vector System, is provide a tool with the vector cards and a very simple system and practice for open-minded entrepreneurs and leaders again as you've mentioned to navigate change make better decisions but also to improve relationships be more creative and be informed around your planning and strategy for successful outcomes so the vector card wealth vector system is a consulting and training company so i definitely work within that sphere but also alongside of that i actually am a business partner with my professional photographer husband And we run creative industry businesses and photography. So we've got these two living streams at hand, uh, but both very creative in their own way. Mm, That's great. Can you tell me what a day in life with you looks like? (laughs) When you wake up in the morning, what do you do? What does that look like? Absolutely. I'm a mother of three children. Uh, One child is actually away at uni. When I wake up in the morning, a day with me in the Ord family household is very much about waking up early. My husband does get up about four, but for myself, I do like to stay in bed and listen to meditation because I really believe in anchoring into something that's going to uplift and also heighten my energy. So I'll actually lay in bed for a good half an hour or so and listen to a meditation before I roll out of bed, 
onto my stretch mat and get into some stretches because once again, I need to awaken my body. Um, I am a more of a vata body type through the Ayurvedic medicine. And so I'm really conscious of the constriction and the resistance that I can hold on to. So stretching out in the morning is definitely on the cards before I go in and basically really get stuck into looking after the kids. My mother role comes first and foremost, um, still at this season in my life. And so therefore focuses in on the kids, getting them on the bus and off to school before I can then take that pause, come back into settling in front of the computer, yes, um, and getting stuck into both leaning into the vector work as well as the creative industry work as well. But I break up the day with movement. We are blessed to live in a country coastal town and our home is actually straight across the road from the beach. And so from that perspective, I can get up, take the dog for a walk and really break up my day with some open spaces and some really very vitalizing uh, sea air. So I'm able to do that before sitting, most of the time sitting in front of the computer or unless I've got clients actually coming to my studio. Um, rhythm is key and it, it really does support me. So that's the bulk of the day, I would say, of a Monday to Friday. We do still block out the weekends for our children and our time. Um, and the kids are off the bus for about four o'clock. And then once again, it's the transition into roles, uh, maybe finishing off some work, but definitely straight back into mother role and supporting the kids as they wind down from their day. Wow, that is brilliant integration system I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, weaving your personal, your professional and make it really like this dance. That is beautifully designed. That is great, actually. And you live across the beach. <laughs> yeah, so my, our house is literally across the road from the beach. So wow. we walk over the sand dune and we have the ocean at our fingertips and it's divine. Um, to be able to take your shoes off, get into the sand, get down. It's a bit cold at the moment, but get down to the water, definitely through the summer, you know, dive in for a swim. Those aspects to rejuvenate the physical body, I find also because I'm very, very stimulated in my mind and my thinking, um, it really does support me and what the work that I've got to do. But also when I step into the Vector Card uh, Consultancy, I do lean a lot into my intuition and into my higher knowing and from that perspective these breaks these opportunities to take a to take some space to breathe out rejuvenate and vitalize my body loosen up uh, is actually really really important to those processes as well so i can be at my best for my clients and be at my best for my thinking and my work whether again that be the vectors or the creative industry work and it is a dance it is a dance it is a rhythm and you know some days it just works beautifully. And other days, my goodness, we might be in the mosh pit listening to some heavy metal. Um, and, you know, you, you go with the flow of the day. Um, you really do. But we are very blessed with where we are currently in the season that we're in with work and with family life as well. That is brilliant. Can you tell me also how you finally end up doing this job? Were you part of the corporate well before in the rat race that everybody kind of... Uh, have gone through or you know how did you end up doing what you're doing now absolutely I love that and actually I I'm slightly different I've never been in corporate I've never been in the corporate world I finished you know my university degree and traveled and actually went into alternative 
alternative therapies, um, massage therapist. So I was more like a contractor, a freelancer. And I got married young. Um, I met my husband young. And so therefore, uh, he was securely in the fire brigade as a fireman. So we had children young. We got started. We got married. We had children. It was like it was fast forward. And so what awoken in me in that process was the fact and desire to be a mother at home. And I was truly blessed with the role that my husband had in his secure career as a fireman to actually allow for that to happen. But we made some choices. We moved to the country. We took away some of those uh, bigger financial responsibilities. We downsized in many ways, but we upsized in our quality of life. Uh, so is that we could, you know, I could be a mother at home. I stepped into really from consulting and freelancing more into being a mother and really put my attention into that space. But an entrepreneur at heart, I could not start a business and I actually did a family daycare. I was looking after other people's children and ran family daycare businesses for a number of years. But my husband awoke to the down south lifestyle in that he had an idea to be a photographer. And so it, I followed his lead and that's where I am today is that I followed his lead because he is a very strong, his entrepreneurial profile as a creator, he's a very strong alpha male in that he knows what's determined and he's got the energy and the drive to do it and I came in to support that. We were very traditional and still probably remain quite traditional in our roles and I followed his lead. It led us to create this amazing creative industry business which is global now um, but in that... Yes, it felt like I was taking a back seat, but now I can see it was actually allowing me to unfold in my purpose and my passions and in my loves. So I find myself today in this work supporting my husband and working alongside of him in creative industry, but also having the time and the attention to be a mother and also time and attention to discover actually this intuitive arts, this consulting with the vector cards, this other world is actually unfolding and becoming more and more alive for me. So it's through just this process of saying yes to life, very different to what I thought, but just following and being very present to the season that I was in at the time. And it really did just kind of unfold, but definitely no corporate no corporate world for me. <laughs> yeah, what uh, uh, you know, that's that's so great because um, you know, hearing what you are saying is like you you were tuned in from the beginning you have saved so many years of your life i think <laughs> you know to make those choices very early on and you know again this is you know people that i encounter now you know they have spent a lot of people i know a lot of years in corporate life making you know not making the right decision but driven by other motivations uh is only now that they are really thinking of okay so what does that mean to live a meaningful life so which is great to see actually your path and the way that you have made your own decisions and purposefully to downsize to go live in the country and uh, all those choices were really like um, you know you have that insight you know or the foresight I don't know which one it is um, to really make those choices very early on when you were kids what was your dream uh, what did you want to become when you were kids actually yeah, yeah. I actually have um, three memories that surface around that question around what did I want to do. First and foremost, I wanted to be a dancer. 
as a child. I wanted to dance on screen, yeah, not on screen, but on stage. Um, but the funny thing was I was the girl in the class that if I was to answer a question or raise my hand, I would go bright red. Seriously, <laughs> born with fair skin. Um, I would get embarrassed. I would blush. I, you know, everyone would tease me, call me tomato, but I just had this desire, this drive to be on a stage and dance. Um, so that was probably the very first one that comes to mind. Second to that was probably about nine. I wanted to go to and be in NASA. I, I thought NASA is who I want to work for. And at the time I grew up in New Zealand and I remember there was coupons in magazines back then. And I wrote out my little coupon. I cut it out. I put it in the envelope and sent it off. And a number of weeks later, I got the big yellow package with the NASA stamp. I still remember it. It's, in, it's enriched in my brain. I got this yellow package and I opened it up and it was a whole career prospect directly from NASA. They had answered my, my, uh, my little coupon questions. And I felt disappointed because I looked through all of the, the literature going, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Oh, my gosh. You know, I wasn't that scientific. I wasn't that mechanical. I wasn't that kind of engineering. So it was quite disappointing. But it's funny now looking back because in a strange twist and turn, um, I've gone into astrology, mm. something still to do with the stars and the cosmos and something a bit broader and greater mm -hmm. to consider um so it took me down that way but the third thing that really did come to mind what did I want to do as a kid and it was an experience when I was about 10 it's one of my mother's boyfriends he was from Switzerland we were going out to lunch we were in his fancy sports car you know convertible we were a beautiful drive out to lunch and I turned around to my mother and I said mum what does Guido do <laughs> And she looked at me and she said, where is an earth? And I had no idea what that word meant. But all I do know in my bones he was is that what? I, Say it again. I, I didn't catch what was he. He was an entrepreneur. Okay. She said, Guido is an entrepreneur. It was the first time I'd ever heard the word entrepreneur, but it made me come alive. I woke up, there was a spark and it was like, oh, I took breath. I drew breath. It was like, that's what I want to be. I didn't know what it was, but it was like, I want to be an entrepreneur. And that I really feel has really been one of my golden threads to find myself here today. Wow, that's great. Yeah. You know, the reason I ask that is that sometimes when we look back in our childhood, we might find some clues in actually what. We really, really want to do, as you say, it might manifest another, in another way, like the NASA, the, the, the whole idea was bigger. It's the bigger purpose, it's the space, it's the cosmos. So it's totally aligned, but we kind of always look at just one label rather than all the other possibilities that we can have that has that same element. So this is why I always want to go back in the childhood and say, is there any you know, link between what you wanted to do then and what you are now doing, finally. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that is so fantastic to hear that. So let's talk about your vector card system. Tell us what exactly your vector card system is. Sure. The vector card system is a practice. I like to think of it as a slowdown practice. It's a... a a practice where you turn your gaze inward. You make time. It's very meditative. It's reflective. And it's something that can support you as an entrepreneur because we use the tool of the Wealth Dynamics Vector Cards, which have a language of Wealth Dynamics. Mm 
And within Wealth Dynamics, you have eight entrepreneurial profiles. You have eight stages of an enterprise and you have 64 vectors, which are potentially 64 different relationships, dynamics, energies that come into play when you work with other people, when you look to expand your thinking, when you strategize. And so this deck of cards is basically a tool for transformation, a tool to enter into conscious communication. And what I've done is I've created a system around it to, number one, to be an expert and consult for others, and number two, to create a system where people, entrepreneurs and leaders, open-minded and conscious, curious, can actually step in to learn this practice for themselves. Now, they can learn it for themselves in terms of just applying it to their own entrepreneurship or they can learn it for themselves because they're running teams and they want another tool to use to facilitate conversation with their teams, to get into flow and harmony with their teams, but also to apply maybe to some creative strategy that they've got going on within each of their departments or their teams. Um, so it can be applied in many different levels depending on the needs of the person at hand um, so yeah it's a card system um, and it really weaves through as I see the wealth dynamics which is very much it was founded and created by Roger James Hamilton uh, who is a social entrepreneur a futurist um, who has some very very contemporary modern day business practices for engaging and uprising the entrepreneurial movement and supporting that movement moving forward. But also it leans into the language and the ancient timeless wisdom of the I Ching. So it's a, once again, it's a weave of two living streams in this deck of cards and the system supports you to learn how to use those cards with confidence and clarity to get direction and guidance for yourself. Or again, as I said, for your teams, other people that you work for or work with. Yeah, that's great. You know, I've known Roger Hamilton, James Hamilton for, you know, since 2007, I think. Uh, and also very, very familiar with the wealth dynamic systems. But actually, this vector card system, I also saw that in Bali when I was in uh, Roger's Hamilton Vision Villa. It is a very, very great tool to bring clarity as well, you know. And can you give us a you know, some example of how you use those cards, for example, so that it can, you know, people can picture how they can use those cards to bring clarity, whether it's in their life or in their business, actually. Similar to, if we give an example in regards to maybe oracle cards or tarot cards, and not to dive into myths and superstitions around that, but some of the systems that go and the processes that go into using oracle cards or tarot cards is very much about being in tune and in sync with a higher energy, um, in spirit, some people like to call it, uh, or basically being in flow, being relaxed in mind to think differently, to come into a connection with something different because we can be doing something the same and get the same results over and over again. How can you disrupt your thinking, your choices and actions um, to basically go off on a different trajectory in order to get a better result, ideally, a more successful outcome. And the cards facilitate that. It sounds kind of strange, but they really can disrupt and interrupt our thinking. And if our thinking lies in the foundation of how we feel and then the choices of, and the, of our behavior and the actions that we take, 
coming back to our thinking is a great place to start. It's sort of like, let's disrupt our thinking because then we'll feel different and we'll make different choices and decisions forward based on that. So the vector cards can be used in a synchronistic way where you can draw a card every day to gain some insight, to gain a different perspective for your day ahead. I find creating a space where you get to slow down and that you get some uh, quiet time is really important. The environment supports your learning with the vector cards. And also, I also believe that with the vector cards, have a journal, have some paper, because those thoughts that come through from pulling a card randomly from a deck can actually inspire you already to think differently. And so focusing in, on having a question or just the fact of I'm an entrepreneur, what do I need to see, know and understand to strengthen my role as the entrepreneur in my business? Asking a clear question can also assist you to draw at random a card from the deck. That's a really simple way, a very creative way of using the vector cards. You can also use the vector cards to get an understanding between the two profiles. So Francine, you'll talk about the entrepreneurial profiles in, in further um, podcasts and, and information that you'll share. Now, these entrepreneurial profiles have a frequency and an energy, characteristics, talents and strengths about each single one of them. And the vector cards can actually show us how do you get into flow with other people that might be of the same profile or might be of different profiles. So the cards can be applied in a very technical way just to improve your relationship between two different profiles. So there are two very simple ways that you can use the cards and the system can dive a lot deeper into very, a lot more creative ways and strategies. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's seriously a lot of fun when you dive deeper into the work with the cards and journaling and questioning, yeah, seeking yeah. to do something differently as an entrepreneur, but also within your business to gain a more successful outcome. Yeah. What about some people who are very left brain that actually might be thinking that this is not doesn't apply to them what would you say absolutely and look i do actually have a strong clientele that potentially have never worked with let's say cards before in their life the beauty of the vector cards is that they are framed in the wealth dynamics system and as i mentioned before roger james hamilton has many years of very successful grounded business practice um and also from that perspective, this is his tool that he's created. So on each of the cards, the languaging, the insight is very much about um, bringing in business practices, entrepreneurial language. So you will see that even from the cards themselves, they make sense. They can be applied very relevantly to just going, okay, where am I out in my business? I need to concentrate on marketing. And then within marketing, I actually need to look to delegate or I need to clarify my objectives. You know, the language is very clear. It's very concise. It's very business loaded. So it does make sense also for those profiles, for those people that might be a little bit more left brain. And I've found that they're the ones that have got the most also out of the system, interesting enough, because they can apply it and then take action. The execution is always key but they're able to see quite clearly the actions or the steps that they can take um, from the insight on the vector themselves. And as I said, Roger does give you plenty of 
strategy actions and what to avoid from the vector cards themselves. So they can be applied very much in a technical fashion as well as in a creative fashion for those that might be more stimulated from the right side of the brain, you know. <laughs> That's brilliant. Tell me, you are, um, I think, a star, which is the second profile of the eight profile of the Wealth Dynamics. The first one is Creator. How did you finally, when you understood your star profile, how did that help you to get much more inflow? Interesting process being a star. As I shared earlier, when I was a child, wanting to dance, being the child that blushed and always got really, really super embarrassed. It was like, no, I don't want to be a star. I have to admit, that was my first response. Um, but then I, it was it's been, again, also a matter of unfolding into my professional identity as well and applying the star principles and allowing myself to be in flow. Once again, because of family conditioning, environmental conditioning, you know, it wasn't necessarily safe or okay to shine. It wasn't necessarily be safe or okay. It was seen to be maybe egotistical or it was, you know, not something that was positively reinforced to be too shiny and bright and want to be seen, you know. Um, so there was a process of pulling away and discarding a lot of things that I had accumulated over the years around who I was and my identity um, in order to rub down and shine that star but also as I came to understand the star yes it was about anchoring into shining brightly as myself but the greater picture the higher perspective for the star profile is also about being a channel a conduit for the energy so is that we can shine brightly to shine our light on others and that is also that evolution of you come into these profiles you discover you discard and then you step into the strength. It is a process. It's a learning journey and one that really does unfold. And all of a sudden, you start to come alive in yourself to such a greater capacity than, than ever before. And that's truly been my journey into STAR. Like, I refused it initially, but I'm warming to it. But I have to give myself permission to touch slowly. I'm not naturally, you know, really in that STAR blazy perspective. Yeah, no, that's so funny, actually. But it's great insight also from your perspective and your journey, actually, of a star, which you actually knew when you were kids, because that desire to be on a stage is the environment that is telling you that is not okay. But deep inside you, you knew that, that you were meant to be out there. And also how you say that, and, you know, the way uh, Roger explains the star profile is somebody like Oprah Winfrey. She's not out there to shine just for herself. She's shining the light on others and she's doing great um, work. Um, so I think that, yes, some misconception that people can have on star is that they are egotistic, 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 <laughs> I can't say that word, egotistical, I have to say the word, um, that they're out there just for themselves. They are selfish, but the most influential stars are there of service to others. And they are great promoters to other people's um, product or service or causes. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I think that's, you know, um, and what you're doing is typically, um, you know, tapping into your strength. And uh, fascinating me also, I discovered that I was a star 
that I've spent many years playing other profiles roles. Um, but again, trying to come back to my natural flow is a whole process to get back. See, and I think that when you really understand the core of who you are and what you're doing is like a very liberating. Of course, as you say, that doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> is a process because we are the product of our conditioning, uh, our environment, our education, everything. And we just have to make sure that we finally tap into who we are. But you are so great. You are actually, you, you, you have made the right choice to be in the environment that allow you to unfold those things so that you can really become who you are. That's really, really brilliant, yeah. And the biggest thing in that is that it was coming alongside of an established product with the vector cards, which were created with by Roger James Hamilton. I didn't have to create my own product. I didn't have to create my own um, service necessarily. I was able to, and I have been able to create an infrastructure, a system around an existing product that's already in flow. Wealth Dynamics already has a following, a community, and I've been able to come in, give value, receive value, um, and then launch from within something that was already established. And I think that's also really important for us to come to understand that sometimes it's actually not about them creating the product or the service, but coming alongside of collaborating and partnering with others and then using their skills, their strengths and their talents to make everything successful. Yes, I think this is a fundamental thing that you added, Catherine, because this is a fundamental distinction because sometimes, you know, people out there, we out there, we all want to create our own thing, but sometimes we can just leverage somebody's system or product or service that is already working. We don't have to reinvent the wheel and knowing your profile allows you to know which strategy you should pick. <laughs> so yes definitely that is a great insight actually you don't have to be as a staff for example creating your own product if you are a creator you can create your own product <laughs> definitely <laughs> that is wonderful you we discussed already you know how you unfold to this journey and um you know how you discover um, the wealth ve vector card and how you became um you know you you are using this but also, can you tell us or tell me how you finally discover who you are and what you are meant to do in this life? If such mm. thing has happened, because I asked this question to some people who are 70 plus, they say they haven't still figured it out yet. So <laughs> this is a long process. <laughs> it is a long process. It is. And it's a great question. It really is a great question. It is definitely been unfolding and it's still unfolding. I needed to, number one, actually get rid of some old thinking and limitations because I used to beat myself up. Some of the, the, the regrets or some of the tougher things I used to think I should have done it by now. I'm over 40 now. And it's like, I should be so much further ahead than I am. You know, I should, I should, I should, you know, and having these old expectations burdening me. Um, and in the last couple of years, something has released turning 40 and being in my 40s there where it's just actually, do you know what? I've got a bone deep sense that life is just getting better. And it is been through trials and tribulations, through struggles and challenges, but also throughout my childhood has been very much about, you know, who am I? 
And I think that leans into also the star profile. The star <laughs> profile has this kind of journey around who am I? What is my identity? And we can, when we take time to reflect on our upbringing, we can see the search for identity and search for belonging in community and family and careers and this, this desire to live a meaningful life and have meaningful work. And, you know, I can definitely see that unfolding in me, but I just know that from this place moving forward, it's just getting better. And like I said, it hasn't been easy. It definitely hasn't been easy uh, with family dynamics, you know, even choosing to be married um, and all of those practical everyday aspects, they all, you know, can feed us positively and sometimes negatively, but we need to be strong and resilient to overcome those. Yeah. But I'm super excited to where, where I find myself now in my mid-40s uh, moving forward. Yeah, brilliant. So um, what actually would you say that you have struggled with the most in your life? <laughs> yeah, definitely. The biggest struggle that I found has actually been uh, my sense of family and my responsibility with my family. Um, Fortunately and unfortunately, um, having done a lot of my own personal work, I have an alcoholic mother. And so the toughest thing that I've found in my upbringing, in my adult life is being a carer to her. Um, the impact of needing to care and come alongside of um, my mother with mental health disorders and with this addiction problem it's been draining. It's super been draining. It's affected marriage and mothering and all sorts of different things. But again, being in a space of being open to keep learning, to calling, to be connected and aligned with meaningful work and having striving for that meaningful life has definitely helped. But I would say the toughest moments in my life has been the responsibility and the choice to step in and care for her and be there for her. Um, through her own personal journey, her personal life experience. So, yeah, things have been pretty tough. They have been pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. So perhaps this is a clue to my next question, but I wanted to ask you how your childhood has prepared you to be who you are today. Mm, definitely a link there <laughs> with the, the roles that I find myself in. What I found with life dynamics with the dynamics of family that we are you know we we come from yeah. when you're coming in from dysfunction from struggle from trauma potentially levels of different abuse you as a child are awoken to different dimensions different worlds and so what i really found is that um what has unfolded is this connection to spirit i remember as a child my grandmother you know used to take me to church I did have a Christian upbringing, especially when I was at the farm and with her um, and looking at the Bible and things. So I was already tuned in, tapped in to a higher energy, a God-like presence, something greater than ourselves. Um, I took on what I wanted to, but also because of the trauma and the struggles, what I found is that my intuition awoke very early. But it awoke from a perspective of survival, needing to read situations for safety, needing to read people for safety and decisions and adaptability, being flexible to move and change, potentially being creative, having a bit of a plan and a strategy. You know, obviously, these are things that you don't necessarily want a child to have to 
you know, wake up to and become alive in. But yet in my 40s now, I can look back and be very thankful, be very, feel very blessed that I did survive a lot of different things. I have come through stronger um, and they have been a blessing to find myself in this position where I can offer the wealth vector system, intuitive, creative processes that I know come from a real deep, deep uh, reservoir within myself and tuning into that God force, that spirit force, that divine and knowing that we are supported beyond our material uh, dimension. Um, but, you know, again, we can keep that very practical as well as go quite out there with, you know, playing into a, a, a spiritual perspective as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think that is fascinating. As you are speaking, you have a very great ability to put words to some impression I have myself. And I think that's something that you say, which is crucial to really understand, is that how actually the way that you had to care for, you know, your family, your mom and things that has awoken you to that greater you know, you, you, you've been able to tap into your intuition. I, I, I actually, I'm asking myself if actually our childhood in a way is not a preparation, really, especially the tough moment, really, not the good moment, because the good moment, I think, you know, you look through that, you can't even remember them, but you remember the really tough ones and how you have been able to adapt, to adjust, to cope with those um, unfortunately, some people are able to do that whilst other people are not. I don't know where that comes from, but, you know, the more I delve into this, um, you know, to understand actually the childhood and how it affects us, I can see the really link how some people, having come through very hard you know, background from our family and our situation have been able to navigate out whilst people, unfortunately, it has, you know, knocked them out. Do you have any perspective on that? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, What's coming to mind as you're sharing from that is actually I had a girlfriend um, who I actually lost. She died when we were uh, probably about 18, 19. She Her and I, you know, I mean, again, coming from the background that I did, I had a lot of freedom and I made choices to grow up very early. Um, And I got into drugs and alcohol and the party scene very early. Um, And from that perspective, I had my my girlfriend, my sidekick, and we would go out and have a lot of fun um, in amongst going to school and, you know, being, being the teenagers that we were. But there was something, unfortunately, that happened uh, within herself. I guess I can look back on it now where she did. She made choices that took her down the hard drugs. You know, it took her down a pathway that she couldn't get out and she spiraled out of control and, unfortunately, she died. Um, And yet here I am surviving, getting through very similar experiences. So I I so hear what you're sharing there. And I guess not knowing the true answer here, but from my perspective and what I've learned is that earlier on, I tapped into wanting and seeking a bigger understanding on things. So I was reading you know, but that was the 80s. So let's go 80s, early 90s. I was in the whole Louise Hay world early on. My mother 
as much as she had her afflictions with the alcohol and the drugs, she was a, and is a wounded healer. She was tuned in and tapped in, but unfortunately there were other forces that were stronger. So our house had Louise Hay, Wayne Dwyer, you know, the Hay House Collective. We had access, I had access to a lot of these books earlier on and I was intrigued and curious. And I think that my curiosity to learn and understand something differently and to also be open to my own personal healing and development as much as I was raging and I was doing all the teenage stuff, I also allowed myself to be open to another possibility. And I really believe that that has been a very, very strong uh, guiding light for me in making my choices and decisions. And at the heart of it too, when things were tough and we were in some different environments, I still went back to, oh, do I feel safe or do I not feel safe? And I leaned into trusting, okay, I don't feel safe. What can I do to get out of this? Yeah, so I was still quite awake within me. I had done enough inner work or I was very conscious of my inner world to allow that to navigate my choices in my external world. Unfortunately for my girlfriend, she wasn't so curious, but, you know, I can't say that that was the reason behind why things happened as they did. But from my perspective, I know that that has been my strength. That's been my guiding light through these experiences. And it's, yeah, it's seriously sad. It's very been being it was super impactful. But the blessing, the gift of her life was that I then went, you know what, I choose again. And this is the beauty. We have all got the opportunity to choose again. One, two, three, I choose again. One, two, three, I choose again. If I make the wrong decision, one, two, three, I choose again. What do I choose? You know, so we can navigate and adapt at any point in any time. You can choose again. Yeah. And I did make some very significant choices when I lost her to clean up and to get back on track. Wow. And, I, love, you know, I love how you put it. You know, you can choose again. I love that. And also I got a perspective from what you said on one of the, you know, questions that I've been asking myself. And that is the difference between people who sometimes can make it or go through that, come on the other side and other people who unfortunately stay there are people who are curious and who are tapping into a bigger purpose and are curious to know what else is, you know, to, to, to tap into a higher purpose. I think that is, I think for myself, one of the answer that I will explore actually, because I can see a thread there. <laughs> I'm going to take that thread. <laughs> to find more answers that is brilliant my gosh Ooh, so many aha moments Catherine <laughs> yes tell me now what would you say is one of the toughest moments you have encountered in life and some of the learning I don't know if that you know your friend's story is one of the toughest or if you have something else that you really feel that it was one of the toughest moments in your whole life yeah. and what actually learn is that you have got from that from that um i think i i've probably got quite a a, a book <laughs> a book of tough moments so one of the toughest moments in my life definitely has been through my relationship with my mum and also losing my girlfriend in my teenagers teenage years but you know more kind of currently it's the challenge and the toughness of being married 
and then being married and being a business partner to your husband. And in that, you know, um, together with those two things and then having children in the mix, it's kind of like we've just complicated and added and added to this relationship dynamics. But the biggest learning is coming into wealth dynamics, understanding the two different profiles that my husband and myself are, understanding our strengths and our weaknesses, and then being able to be really clear as to what we each need and entering into another way of communicating in order to make things improve or actually be in flow with each other from a business perspective, from a husband and wife perspective, and then from a parenting perspective. But it's not been easy. Um, I have come from, you know, divorced parents and my mum's married three and four different times, similar with my father. So this marriage thing was not sort of uh, role modelled for me uh, very clearly. And being committed and loyal and in a 20-year marriage now, um, it's been tough. But at the same time, it's been very liberating as well. So there's lots of learnings and lots of sort of challenges, um, even in those sorts of commitments that you make. Yeah, wow, you didn't make your life easy, really. My gosh, getting married early, being in business with your part, with your husband. <laughs> oh, wow, that, and also, as you say, not coming from this type of family background. That's, uh, I can't even start to imagine how <laughs> the journey has been. My gosh, and you are here today together, running, still strong. Um, and, and committed to work, make it work. That is so beautiful. My gosh, I think that people should um, ring you to get some <laughs> advice or some, <laughs> some tips from you, actually. That is so brilliant. Um, can you actually um, tell me what um, would you say has been, um, or I know that regret perhaps is not the right word, but is there anything that you regret having or not having done earlier in your life? Um, I think I find myself today a lot more loving and caring of myself in that I've given myself permission that my life has unfolded as it has. If you had asked myself, asked me that question, say four years ago, yeah. coming into my forties, I think I would have answered it like, "Oh, I just wish I'd done everything earlier." You know, I wish I had done, you know, finished off this course, and actually, you know, I could be so much further along the path than what I, you know, um, those aspects would have come up. But where I find myself today, in all truthfulness, is that I actually have a very deep peace around. I'm happy with the way that things have unfolded and the way that things are. And I don't necessarily lean into any regrets. I might have some curiosity around, oh, what would it have been like if I didn't say yes to my husband? Mm -hmm. Is there a, a parallel life? You know, maybe. <laughs> maybe that would have just, you know, danced in my mind for a bit. Especially when you have challenges. You go, oh, if I'd made a different decision, what would that have looked like? But to be honest, I, I, I sit very calmly and peacefully, uh, not really having any regrets, which is a very, very wonderful place to be in. I, I am really very uh, thankful yeah. to find myself here yeah, today, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And it, yeah. The message I'm hearing is that don't beat yourself up. Wherever you are is where you should be, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you, 
play into the season that you're in. You know, if you are in the season of motherhood or the season of being in corporate work, but you feel a deeper stirring, mm. listen, honor that deeper, validate those deeper stirrings, mm -hmm. definitely. But also it's not about, um, you know, that cliche that it's saying about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm -hmm. There is a way to integrate, to balance, to dance, mm -hmm. you know, the unfolding, the becoming of you. But patience is a virtue. Yeah. <laughs> patience is something to play in and to strengthen. Good. That's good. Now let's talk about money. Um, how do you manage to do both what you love and get paid well for it? As you know, you know, some people have, love what they do, but, you know, get paid sometimes not, not much. And other people get paid a lot of money, but, you know, sometimes don't find much more meaning in what they are doing. How do we merge both? How do you manage to do both what you love and get paid well for it? Again, another process of learning, 100%. The first thing I do is um, I have done is come into awareness around my relationship to money. Mm -hmm. You know, what is my personal relationship to money? Um, looking at my limiting beliefs around money, uh, looking at even actually going into a space of what are my realistic figures and facts? What do I need as a family? What do I need as a woman to provide for my family? Um, but then also, so we've got our realistic facts and figures, um, but then we go to our ideal. What ideally, what do I dream? What do I want? And these give me uh, indicators and measures that I can come back to. So in that, we know that, especially in photography work and even within the wealth factor system, there are things that I'm more attuned to and things that we just have to do because it's part of running a business. And it is about this dance, this play between needing to do both. And once again, rhythm comes into play here. We know that we need to have and uh, achieve a minimum cash flow as a family. So how do we do that? Then we can get creative. Okay, we can connect in with clients and projects. Yes, some things that we love to do, some things that we have to do that are attracted to us. They come to us as an opportunity and we agree to take it on with our full heart open to deliver well, um, knowing that it's going to help us meet our minimum cash requirements. Mm -hmm. And it is the dance between, again, it's not just about this or that it's about the and it's this and that because it's funny that even when you do the work that is is um maybe not so much about what you love you build your character in those times you build your strength it's like going to a gym to build muscle to get tone to get fit we have to break down the muscle we have to have resistance and challenges in the weights that we lift in order to create the form and the muscle and the, the vitality even in our body. And so I believe that also to be part and parcel of that juggling between what you love and what you have to be paid for. And it is dancing between the both, but knowing that maybe for this time that you're in, it is necessary to carve out time for both. But I wouldn't necessarily just go all in with what you love if it's not meeting your minimum cash requirements because you will add to your stress. Yeah pull away from your well-being in its entirety so it is important to be really i think first and foremost aware of what are the figures mm. and how can you achieve those figures in a conducive harmonious way yeah 
Now, I think those are wise words and, uh, you know, give already um, good tips of how people can just go about um, having money uh, and also doing meaningful work. Sometimes it's not all or one or the other. So you can just build your muscles, you know, and then make sure that you have, you know, it's not only what you love. So you have to build your muscles and also make the balance of what you can uh, have. Uh, on this side and uh, on the other side to balance to meet your minimum, um, you know, uh, living, uh, I think, uh, expenses. That's great, actually, practical um, ideas um, to, you know, learn to have meaning and money at the same time. Now let's talk about movement, how to build, how you're building a movement. Which movement are you leading or would you like to uh, lead or be part of? <laughs> Mm, mm, I love this question. And it really made me think about, you know, I've been blessed to step into the entrepreneurial movement through the work of Roger James Hamilton and Wealth Dynamics. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely stepped into that, participating in that and loving that. And what I've found is that within that movement, there is a consciousness movement. And this is those of us pioneering the space, bridging spirit and consciousness with business making it practical and relevant through tools, techniques, systems, you know, knowledge, that we can actually be a part of that consciousness movement in business, in entrepreneurship. And these things are super exciting. So that's probably where I find myself. Yeah, that's super. How do you want to be remembered for? Oh, this one. Um, I think the biggest thing that I get a lot of joy out of and to be remembered for that my interactions with others leave others feeling good in themselves, mm -hmm. feeling uplifted, inspired in some way. So it's really to be remembered for having an impact that uplifts and inspires the other, mm, that's yeah? the other person. Yeah, because yeah. it transcends it transcends through life and business. Yeah, that is super. So, what actually you learned from all your experiences that you most want to transmit to others? The biggest thing that comes through in this question is about being stronger than you think, and knowing that you actually have all the resources at hand and coming in your visible world as well as in the invisible to support that we're given gifts at birth to unfold and to play into and you know i think the biggest thing is, is that you if you can lean into that higher energy that the possibility that you are supported even through the tough times make better choices and get through anything that comes your way uh, anything else you want to add to your daily practice and how to ensure yourself that you are doing a meaningful work and live a meaningful life? Absolutely. The biggest key here around ensuring that I do my meaningful work and living a meaningful life would be to ensure that I'm finding beauty every day. Um, finding beauty to me opens my heart. If I find something beautiful and it's very subjective, um, if I can just Day in that beauty, my heart opens, I relax, and I lean into a gesture of sympathy. I'm attracted towards, I want to come towards the other. And I find that that, finding beauty every day in my everyday world, 
is a significant factor to ensure that I'm on track, definitely. Okay, so how do you keep yourself motivated when things are not always rosy then? Yeah, when things get tough, do you know the biggest thing I go to is sleep. Sleep, as simple as it may be. Um, I know in my system, my body type, my personality, my active mind, um, and, you know, if to keep myself motivated, I need sleep. And usually I need more sleep. Mm-hmm. So to have an afternoon, I'm blessed once again to live and work at home. So I can take time to have that afternoon sleep. Meditation for some people might be the other thing, but sometimes I have to drop deep down mm-hmm. into that deep restorative sleep. Oh, super. If your life was a film or a book, which title will it be? <laughs> This is a great question. I love this question in regard to the film or the book. My title actually has only just emerged. Yeah, my book title is Time to Be Bold. Cool. Time to Be Bold is is the title of my book. Super. That's uh, that sounds great. So, what would you say your superpower? Superpowers would be to having the capacity to listen, to lean in. And to be flexible and adaptable, you know, that, that all leans into a thriving intuition and being inspired and imagination. But I really feel that listening in, having a profound awe in other people, um, anything that allows me to lean in and listen, you know, because you're listening in on many different levels. And I yeah. believe that that is definitely my superpower. Yeah, super. So what is your definition of meaningful work and meaningful life? My definition of meaningful work in life would have to be on the integration of goodness of beauty and truth i believe that you know to be meaningful it is goodness in our actions and our willingness to do good in the world the biggest thing that comes through around a guidance to be more meaningful in life and work would be around honoring and validating Mm -hmm. the deeper callings around the stirrings in your soul, the stirrings in your bones and taking it like Mm -hmm. the hero's journey or the heroine's journey, being prepared, strengthening yourself for those trials and tribulations, allowing transformation to happen. But if we could step in from a mythical perspective, a story perspective, a hero's journey or a heroine's journey, I really feel that can guide you towards a meaningful work life and a meaningful personal life. So now, can you share some resources that our listeners should absolutely know about to do more meaningful work and live a meaningful life? The resources that have really strengthened me, um, if I can lean into some of the teachers that I've kind of come alongside of, definitely Roger James Hamilton. Spiritual, philosophical, I lean into the work of women like Jean Houston, you know, Carolyn Mize, um, Even from a business perspective, Anita Roddick, who started the body shop, you know, having role models um, like even Rudolf Steiner and the anthroposophical movement, you know, biodynamic agriculture, um, Maria Montessori with her leanings in terms of childhood education, having these role models, identifying your top three role models seriously also really are pivotal to having guiding light to pull you through tough times. So they're kind of resources, you know, find your role models, those that resonate with you, because, you know, those that resonate with me may be the same, but also you might have role models with resources 
and communities that could truly be more in alignment with who you are and the strengths yeah, of your profile. Super. Finally, how can people reach you and uh, learn more about you and your work? Absolutely. You can reach me through the Wealth Vector System website. I'm also um, on social media channels with Facebook under the Wealth Vector System as well as Instagram and uh, the Genius U platform, which is the place for growing the entrepreneurial movement. It is a learning resourceful platform for all of us entrepreneurs coming together and connecting. And I have a presence as a mentor on Genius U as well as the Wealth Vector System. Yes. So there's a number of different ways that people can connect with me and, and come to learn more. So it was a great pleasure, Catherine, to have you on the, this show. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight to connect with you and also to share with your listeners. Thank you so much for asking me. What are you committed to do today to do more meaningful work and live a meaningful life? The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelli.com slash podcast with all the references and resources shared on this show. Whilst you are there, leave me a message to tell me in the comments what was your key takeaway from this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to show your love and support, subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app where you are listening to this podcast and leave me a five-star review. It will take you a minute, but it will mean a lot to me and will also help me to spread this word and being found online. So thank you for listening to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I will see you next week for another epic episode of this season four. Until then, dream, act and make an impact. Lots of love.